Welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast. This is Wags, and joining me as always is Dane. Dane, how are you doing tonight, man? Wags, I'm so good. It's uh, summer in Wisconsin, and uh, I'll tell you what, Packers season's right around the corner. We are seeing some reports that the Packers might be going back to camp uh, by the end of July, and uh, I'm just, I'm eager, man. I'm eager for football to get back in full swing and to uh, see what this team, this 2020 edition of the Green Bay Packers can do. Yeah, I am super excited, and we've got enough things going on in the real world. <laughs> Let's just talk some football tonight, right? Yeah, man. And it's about time to start our uh, positional previews, and tonight we're going to start off, normally for whatever reason, uh, the cornerbacks and DBs get the short end of the stick, and we usually leave them for last. So we're going to go in <laughs> reverse order, and we're going to start with the cornerbacks, uh, and they're going to lead us off. And, and I think it's a perfect way to do it uh, as I look at this position group as a whole. Yeah, I love it, Wags. I love it. And I'll tell you what, I like this group. I like this cornerback group. Uh, they're a young group, really. Um, but just – I think if we want to break these guys down, let's start with the the standard bearer at the position, Jair Alexander. Uh, he's truly blossoming into one of the best corners in the game. He's an aggressive cornerback. Uh, he's in your face. He's a leader on and off the field. And a guy in the first round a couple of seasons ago, the Packers, I think, really landed. They landed well. He's becoming a premier cornerback in this league. He's the kind of guy that other teams don't want to throw against. Yeah, and Jair, we say it so much. He plays with that swagger that just brings so much energy out onto the field. And he he believes that he can be the best defensive player or cornerback in the league. And he might think he is already. Um, and that's the type of player that Jair Alexander is every time he steps out onto the field. And I, I have grown to have so much confidence in him. Uh, so it's exciting to have a guy like that. Now he's coming into his third season, and he played all 16 games last season. And so let's start there. Um, this, is a, this is a kid that I think not only we started to see last year some, some opposing teams staying away from Jair and deciding not to throw at him. So his, his overall tackles and pass defenses went down from his rookie season. But don't be fooled. That's the sign of a guy that's starting to become uh, somewhat of a, a, dare I say, shutdown corner uh, when teams start avoiding you uh, and throwing in the opposite direction. That's the type of player Jair is and is going to continue to grow into. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, I, I think that, um, you know, the, the game that he probably had his most di a difficult game uh, that, that I can recall was with uh, Amari Cooper and the Cowboys. Uh, he was able to have a couple plays there. And if you go back and watch the tape, I mean, Jair was just super ultra aggressive in that game. And uh, he got beat a couple times trying to jump some routes. 
in that game. Uh, so he's the kind of guy that wants to make big plays. Um, some would argue that his, his biggest hindrance is his aggressiveness at times, but I like that about him. I like that he's about a bit of a missile out there. And uh, year to year, we're seeing him get better and better. He has really good instincts, I think, on the field wags. And the thing with him is it's not like he's topped out his potential yet. I think he's going to continue to improve, and I think we're going to see an even better Jair Alexander uh, this season than we did last year, and that's saying something because I'd argue he may be the best uh, cornerback in the NFC North. Sure, and I think that's an excellent point, and that's what I was going to say. His one blind spot might be that sometimes he wants to make that highlight reel play when just making the play will be sufficient. And uh, so that's going to be one thing that I think uh, uh, we're going to have to see from him this year to take that next step is knowing the time and place and the situation where just making the play and having that consistency all cornerbacks are going to get beat. I don't care how good you are. Uh, but there were a few moments where um, he was in a position where not making the home run play resulted in some some huge plays for the opposing offense. Uh, so there wasn't a lot of them. But um, uh, he just needs to tighten that up a few times. And, and I think uh, we're going to see him go to that next level uh, this season. So I'm uh, very, very excited about what Jair brings, obviously. Um, and uh, he's going to be locked into that position as long as he can stay healthy and out on the field for all 16 games. So, Dane, let's uh, look on the other side of the field. And uh, another guy who is very much entrenched at the position. And uh, some fans, I think, have a a little bit of a love-hate relationship uh, with Kevin King. Uh, He's coming into his fourth year. And uh, to be honest with you, I thought he had a really solid season last year. Not only was he able to stay healthy and play almost every game, uh, he was out there for 15 games in the regular season. Um, I thought, for the most part, he had a very, very productive season. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, Definitely his best season as a pro. Also, his most healthy season as a pro. Uh, There's a correlation there. There's a skill set, I think, sometimes behind being able to stay healthy on the field. The Packers, one of the most healthy teams uh, in in memory, uh, having watched this team my entire life. They just had a lot of guys be able to suit up week to week, and Kevin King was one of them. Um, I'll put it this way. I thought he was a little up and down. Uh, however, the team was clearly better when he was on the field uh, as opposed to when he was not on the field. He matches up well with some of the bigger, taller, rangier wide receivers in this league. I like what he brings to the other side of the field because he really is a, such a different player than Jair Alexander is. They kind of have different skill sets. Um, in space, Kevin King seems to have a little bit of trouble Um, But, I mean, there's no doubt going into the season, it's Alexander on one side of the field, Kevin King on the other side of the field. We've got our starting cornerbacks. Yeah, and some of the criticism that King got, it's hard to say because there's rotations happening all the time. And, you know, is it the linebacker not getting the depth and handing it off over the middle? Um, Did they miscommunicate uh, at times with uh, whoever was playing behind him if they're in a a nickel or a dime alignment? Um, You you know, there's there's so many different, you know, alignments that they're going to be in and and different uh, calls that they're going to have depending on how the offense lines up. So, I mean, there's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of things happening. And Kevin, 
uh, is someone that you just said it. He gives them something that Jair doesn't, um, which with his length and his range, uh, he's going to be someone that can be a little bit more physical at the line. And I, I know Jair's scrappy and he likes to mix it up too, but, but they're just two <laughs> different players. So it's, it's really nice to have uh, two guys yep. that complement each other uh, the way that they do. He only played 14 games combined in his first two seasons. So even though he's a year ahead of Jair, from a games played standpoint, they basically both were in their second season last year. Uh, And so I think that gets overlooked at times too. Uh, You could see that even though he had some inconsistencies at times, I thought overall that growth uh, as he played uh, throughout the season was very apparent, and, and I'm excited to see what Kevin can bring here in his fourth season uh, as well. So, uh, Dane, I think uh, those two guys are clearly locked in uh, as yeah. our starters on the outside. So um, there's a couple of other guys here, though, as well, that I think are definitely going to be in a position to have increased roles. So let's talk about these guys because you said how healthy we were last year. I really thought in most normal seasons we would have seen probably a lot more uh, potentially of Josh Jackson um, and Shandon Sullivan. Now, Shandon was out on the field quite a bit. Uh, but for the way that he played, he certainly could have gotten some more snaps and I would have been more than comfortable. So we'll talk a little bit about perhaps what the status of Tremont Williams is uh, a little bit mm-hmm. later. But assuming the roster is the way it is right now, these are two guys that really could stand to benefit from having some increased opportunity. No doubt about it. And let's start with Shandon Sullivan. Um, he was really a revelation, I thought, for this defense last season. Uh, Wags, I was looking at his uh, pro football focus stats, and um, last season, get this, folks, Shannon Sullivan only allowed 11 completions on 31 attempts into his coverage, and of that, he gave up zero touchdowns and allowed only 3.9 yards per target. Um, it's ridiculous how well he played. If, if you actually break down the numbers, uh, the passer rating going towards Shandon Sullivan was 30, 34.3. I mean, the stats don't lie. Sometimes they do. They're not lying there. Um, Shannon Sullivan was able to really carve out an incredible niche for him in Coach Pettin's defense. It was very clear, I thought, as the season wore on, the comfort level that Pettin had in playing Sullivan at, uh, at nickel, having him play at uh, safety, playing you know the outside position. Uh, he played all over the field and on special teams for the Packers. And, um, you know, he's really become a guy who's uh, uh, the definition of someone who's earning snaps. So, Wag, I'm curious your thoughts on uh, what you saw from Showtime Sullivan because I, I, I truly I, I don't want to gush too much, but he's the kind of guy that you want to you want to have on your defense and you can win a lot of football games with. Yeah, uh, he's someone that you have to see on tape. You just threw out a couple of great stats, Dean. Uh, if you look at some of the you know um, high level stats, if you will. He didn't make that many tackles. Uh, He only had one interception. Um, He didn't have all that many pass defenses. But if you watch the tape, he was all over the field. I I mean, this was a guy that was making an impact. And so, 
you know, I know that sometimes I can actually be the stats guy and, and you're a little bit more the eye guy, but <laughs> you had some really good advanced metrics there. And, and I think that tells a lot more about what kind of impact he was making out on the field because my eyes told me week after week, Shannon Sullivan was making an impact uh, and he, his role certainly expanded. Uh, I am very comfortable with what he brings onto the field. In fact, I don't know what you think, but I really think that he's more than capable of stepping into what Tremont's role was full-time um, this upcoming season. Uh, and uh, uh, Tremont, in a way, again, I don't want to step on that because we'll talk about it, uh, but is, a, is almost a luxury uh, at this point when you've got these guys that are your third, fourth, and uh, you know we'll keep going down the line here, fifth cornerbacks that uh, are – chomping at the bit to get out on the field and show what they can do. It's going to be a situation where, okay, do I want Shandon Sullivan to continue uh, to expand his role and really be uh, an impact player for this defense for years to come? Um, and I think the answer is definitely yes, uh, as Shandon is someone that is more than up for the task to see an increased role uh, and could get even more snaps as we go out into the field. Uh, the question will be, when he's matched up against the opposition's second or third wide receiver a few more times than he was last year, is he up for that? Because uh, taking nothing away from Showtime, uh, more often than not, he was uh, taking on, uh, you know, the second tight end or uh, more like the fourth or fifth option on the opposing offense. Um, and, you know, I know everything's interchangeable, but um, that's something that uh, he would definitely have to show that he can do. Uh, and I think he's more than up for the task, but I'm curious to see what your thoughts are. Yeah, no, I think he is as well. And I'm going to throw out a name right now. They don't have the same style wags, uh, but they, they seem to have a, a similar role. And this is coming from very high praise when I say this name. He's kind of got a Micah Hyde feel to me in that he's, he's, a, he's a jackknife uh, player for the Packers they're comfortable moving him around the field and it's pretty darn clear that Shannon's just a, a good football player at this point and um, I, I also am curious to see him be able to match up uh, with some of the more premier talent in this league because uh, I don't want to look too far ahead but Wags after the season both Kevin King and Shannon Sullivan are free agents and um, I got to think one of those guys is sticking around but the Packers have an awful lot of free agents after this season and um, if they see more value out of showtime, uh, Sullivan's going to continue to progress, right? Uh, there's no doubt about that. So it's just the nature of this business. And again, we got a season ahead of us. We're looking to win a Super Bowl, so I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. But I do think that Sullivan's going to have a lot of opportunity uh, this season to, to showcase his talents and his skills and, and hopefully be able to stick in Green Bay for quite a long time. Yeah, and that might be a good opportunity to segue to Josh Jackson then because yeah. uh, he's a guy, he's coming into his third season, and if they have to pick and choose between uh, a Kevin King and a Chandon Sullivan, Josh Jackson's a guy that uh, they certainly spent some capital on, and that's not to be all end all. He was a second-round pick. They're going to want to see what he can do ultimately. Now, uh, it's easy to forget. Heck, I almost forgot. He started 10 games as a rookie. That was granted by necessity because they were ravaged by injuries two years ago. They had the opposite 
good problem last year and staying healthy. Uh, but he wasn't ready his rookie season. So uh, there's no doubt about that. But he played all 16 games his rookie season, started 10 games. And then last year, uh, he really didn't get on the field much at all uh, in the regular defensive uh, alignments. So it was mostly just special teams work for Josh Jackson. But I really, really, and I know you do too, I'm not going to speak for you, but I really, really thought that it says a lot when he was starting to make an impact on special teams. It's kind of hard. You have to check your ego a little bit when you're drafted in a first or second round and you're not out on the field and you've got guys that are, uh, you know, undrafted or came in after you and kind of beat you out for a spot. Uh, and he was able to, I think, uh, be a, a true professional. And just you can tell he was working hard to get better every week and uh, to, to be able to, to make an impact uh, on special teams, I think says a lot. Uh, so I'm going to be anxious to see what he might be able to do in an expanded role uh, on the defensive side. Uh, this is a guy that was a little bit of a late bloomer at Iowa and, and really didn't come on until his junior season. So perhaps now this is year three, uh, we can see uh, Josh Jackson come on a little bit and start to make an impact uh, this season. So what are your thoughts on Josh? Yeah, I, I completely agree with you on um... – I was really impressed with how he's handled himself in Green Bay. He seems like a really good dude uh, off the field. And, um, you know, he's a guy who at Iowa played a more zone-heavy defense. That is now what the Packers are doing in Coach Pettin's scheme right now. Um, To your point, I think he played just a hair over 100 snaps on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, And the majority of, of this time was on special teams where he was becoming quite an impact player this last season on special teams, he's able to get down the field, uh, make an awful lot of tackles, impact, uh, you know, punt coverage often. So now I think he's going to have a real opportunity, Wags. And, and again, we'll talk more about the possibility of a free agent, Tremont Williams or somebody else coming in. But um, right now, Tremont Williams is not in Green Bay and Josh Jackson is. So this is his opportunity, I think, to um, potentially lock down the fourth cornerback position. Uh, in, in this in this defense, I think that realistically, right now um, we see Kevin King and we see the Jair Alexander and we see Showtime Sullivan as kind of those those top three guys in the pecking order. But as Shannon Sullivan showed last season as the quote unquote fourth guy, you get an awful lot of snaps as the fourth guy in Coach Pettin's defense. Uh, so I could see Josh Jackson playing an awful lot of snaps. He's going to be battling not only for that position, but also potentially for uh, a position on the roster altogether, right? There's a lot of competition on this roster right now. Uh, there's 10 corners right now on the roster. So they're all jockeying for position. But I, I put my chips on Josh. And this wags. Uh, he's a fighter. He's a competitor. He's um, a guy who improves. I think. I think it gave him an opportunity last season to watch the game uh, a little bit, learn Coach Petten's defense more. And um, I think he's instinctual. I think that uh, there's a learning curve to this defense that he has now learned. And I expect him to be able to fit in this season and uh, in the preseason show up. And a lot of folks that have written him off as a second-round guy might be eating their words come, you know, early September. It's always beneficial to have guys improve. And 
put themselves into a position to uh, be impactful on the field. So I, I know this is stating the obvious, but I think you highlighted a key point that I want to come back to. Chances are that if Kevin King and Shandon Sullivan, and I'm not saying that they will have to pick between both of those guys, but the reality is for the balance of the roster, chances are they would anyway, because then you bring someone else in new that you can develop behind him. It would be really beneficial for the long-term balance of this roster if Josh Jackson can step up in a big way and play the way that we hope he can this season. Mm -hmm. Because now you've got, whether it's Sullivan, and I really think the way Sullivan played last year, uh, he's probably the less expensive, more reliable option, even though I don't think he's not going to start ahead of Kevin King. They're playing two different positions. I get that. Uh, But – I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. What I guess I'm saying is Josh Jackson, potentially, if he can play well this season, he's putting himself into position to replace Kevin King next season. Mm-hmm. If, if the Packers feel comfortable with him being a starter on the outside, because he's a bigger guy and he would be that compliment perhaps to a Jair Alexander. And now if we bring Tandon Sullivan back um, and then, you know, we'll, we'll continue to draft guys behind them. Uh, to be able to step in or continue to develop, uh, I think the, this group would stay in a very healthy position from a depth in the not depth a depth and experience standpoint as well as a t- talent standpoint overall. So there's going to be turnover, but I see Josh Jackson as being a real key to not only this upcoming season but just the balance overall uh, with this cornerback group uh, for the next couple of seasons to come. No doubt about it. No doubt about it, Wags. So, Dane, let's, let's, I think there's one other guy here who's at, I'm going to say, the next tier down in, in positionally um, on the, the depth chart. But maybe uh, I really think uh, a tier above uh, the rest of the guys that we're going to be looking at. Um, at this position, and, and that's Kadar Holman. Um, so let's talk a little bit about him. Now, he was a six-round pick last year yeah. um, and uh, out of Toledo. Um, I, he didn't see the field really at all um, at, at last season, but I was really impressed with him in both preseason and camp, what we saw from him last year. And I just – he's just – Something about the the makeup of this kid. I mean, he was a former walk-on at Toledo. Right now, he's working on uh, obtaining his master's degree. Um, I mean, he just, I don't know. It says a lot about a guy when he he just goes for it. He's got that tenacity. Um, He's clearly a bright kid. Um, And uh, I, I just think I like some of the intangibles, uh, what we saw. He made some nice plays in the preseason last year. So this is another guy that, you know, um, I think in a pinch could be ready in year two to come in mm-hmm. and um, be able to, to make an impact and, and help out uh, out on the field this year. So um, as a fifth potential, and I mean, he's going to have to earn that spot, but it's potentially the, the fourth or fifth cornerback uh, in the packing order, he may not see a ton of plays, but I think he's someone that I would like to keep an eye on uh, as someone that could come in and definitely uh, contribute 
uh, maybe even significantly this season. Yeah, Wags, in any other season, he probably would have seen the field an awful lot more. Um, but, but because of the, um, the health uh, last season, Holman was kind of relegated to, to only playing four games uh, for the Packers. But his, his intangibles are incredible. I mean, folks, this guy's got speed. Uh, I believe he ran a four three eight forty, so he can fly. Uh, he he's physical, man. He he's he's kind of got that traits uh, of that press man corner in your face, punchy in the mouth kind of cornerback with speed. Um, so I'm excited to see what he can do as well. Um, it's no sure thing anytime you're a sixth round pick to make an NFL roster. It's certainly no sure thing to make uh, NFL rosters a sixth-round pick for a team that wins a playoff game that season. Um, so for him to be able to battle, make the 53-man in a crowded cornerback room, uh, and really kind of be able to redshirt most of last season, um, he's going to come out firing as well. I like his speed. He's a guy who isn't a household name. Uh, but if he continues to improve and stack on his success from last preseason, Wags, the sky's the limit for a kid like this. It really is. Uh, I don't want to sound like a homer, but I'm, I'm there with you, uh, with him. He's just one of those guys that you're excited about. Now, not every position has those kinds of guys, but this guy seems like a kid who's kind of lying in wait and looking to seize an opportunity, and this might be his season here in year two. Absolutely. So I think Part of the reason I also wanted to highlight him is because he was on the 53-man roster last season. And typically, usually we carry six cornerbacks on the 53-man roster. So we just named five of them, and we've talked about Tremont already a couple of times. So uh, in some ways, this position, uh, not that any of those spots are guaranteed, um, aside from, you know, certainly the the first few guys – in some ways, this position has had probably the least amount of turnover as any position on the roster uh, this offseason. But at, I, I think that affords them the luxury then because we've got some, I think, some interesting and intriguing prospects uh, left to talk about. But I kind of grouped them all in together because, um, again, I don't want to guarantee that those five guys are going to make the 53 again, but they certainly have the leg up to anywhere from having their their spots locked in um, so in some ways these last five guys are potentially fighting for that last spot um, uh, and so I think it's really interesting to look at all of these guys and they all sort of bring uh, something a little bit different and I think it's going to be a tremendous battle and competition uh, so I, I, I think uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with this group um, and, you know, they might all be fighting for that last roster spot and then maybe one or two spots on the practice squad as well. So uh, this mm-hmm. will be a heavy competition. Dane, why don't we start with the holdover, KB on Ento. He was on yeah. the practice squad all last season and uh, was retained, resigned uh, this season as well to a futures contract. So um, what can you tell us about Ento and uh, how might he potentially have a little bit of a leg up on, on the rest of these guys? He seems like a classic Packers project at the cornerback position. Uh, he was a wide receiver in college. So the Packers have had success with those kinds of guys in the past. If I'm not mistaken, I believe Sam Shields was actually a wide receiver at Miami. 
before transitioning to the cornerback position. Uh, it's certainly not the only guy who, who's been like that. Uh, if you remember a few years back, the Packers uh, spent a second-round pick on a player who – um, who was a point guard on the basketball team and didn't play football. The Packers like to do this with the cornerback position. They like guys that are just athletic guys. Uh, and, you know, he was a guy who had some success at uh, the University of, uh, of Colorado uh, at wideout. Uh, but, you know, they just like, I think, what, what he could do. And I think they saw he could maybe play a little bit of special teams, do some other things. So the real question mark and what he's going to have to show, and it might be pretty hard for him, Wags, is um, in the age of COVID where they're not able to be in pads, they're not able to kind of be in person right now, was he able to make a leap and continue to improve working out on his own? Um, and and that's, a, that's a big question. Uh, he had a season on the practice squad, as you mentioned, where I think he was able to learn the craft of an NFL cornerback position. But I will say it's a bit of an uphill battle, right? Even being on the practice squad last year, to be changing positions and, and try to be cornerback in the NFL at that level after playing wide receiver in college, um, it's, it's a tall order. Uh, so I'm curious to, to see what the Packers see in him going into year two. Um, the Packers famously, you know, the, the practice squad guys don't give interviews during the season. So I don't think we've heard an awful lot from Kabion uh, and haven't heard too much about him recently. Uh, but going into camp now in the next couple of weeks, I'm curious to hear about that. Well, that's just it, though. They, they clearly see enough of him that they're willing to take uh, a spot on him uh, albeit on the practice squad, but that's still a spot. Uh, yeah. a, a guy that's converting positions, as you said, uh, and doesn't have a lot of experience there. Uh, perhaps uh, the old adage of being able to catch the ball uh, is is a, a wide receiver skill set, and those that can't catch <laughs> go to cornerback. Maybe the opposite's <laughs> true here. I don't know. So, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's something that he's been in the system now, and, and I think all those points are valid. Uh, but uh, he has uh, been uh, in that room uh, with the DBs now for uh, a full season. And so certainly uh, from a schematic standpoint, uh, you would think that he would have a little bit of a leg up on some of these other guys because the same is true for all of the, the rest of these guys who were not on the team last year. They're really fighting an uphill battle because uh, as, as much as they were spending some extra time with a revised format for these OTAs, uh, it's not the same as being there in person, being able to get out on the yeah. field and get those reps in front of the coaching staff. So uh, in, in that regard, it, it will be interesting to see where Ento slots in uh, once we are able to get into and break camp. So, uh, Dane, I think uh, let's, let's look at some of these other guys. And um, I'm going to start with uh, a couple of the Canadians that we picked up. Now, they're not necessarily both from Canada, but uh, let's talk a little bit about Deshaun Amos. And, and we're not talking about Adrian Amos. Uh, we're talking about Deshaun, and he was on the Calgary Stampeders. So he was one of the two Stampeders that we signed uh, to a futures contract back in January. Uh, he played uh, uh, in Calgary and was in college at East Carolina. So, um, and we had him on the podcast. Uh, you know, yeah. he's, he really reminded me a lot of, of some of the, uh, from a, both a personality standpoint, uh, a little bit quieter, uh, but uh, just the focus and, and the desire 
um, that we saw in that hunger uh, when we had uh, Chandon Sullivan on. And uh, so Deshaun Amos is a guy that I think uh, is certainly uh, not going to be real recognizable, but number 41, uh, he's someone that's going to come in and he's willing to play all over the field. He's listed at a cornerback. But uh, he he said too he'll do anything that he needs to do to to prove that he can be on this roster whether it's special teams potentially playing a, a little bit of safety uh, being in a hybrid role uh, he's willing to do whatever it takes so uh, Dane what else can you tell us about Deshaun and what his prospects are uh, to make this roster as we move forward Yeah and I'll be open and honest I'm truly pulling for him really nice guy. Um, I'll tell you what, Wags, I'm, I'm eager to see what he does on the field. Um, last season in Canada, he had a really nice year. So I've started all 17 games. He was an all-star. Uh, definitely showed enough uh, splash plays that the uh, Packers decided to take a shot on him. He had five picks last season. Uh, I really like his game, and uh, yeah, when we had an opportunity to talk with him, he clearly has a desire, loves to play the game. Uh, You could tell that, and I just want to have good football players on our team. I want guys that like playing football, that want to put in the work. It's clear he wants to be one of those guys, and he is one of those guys. Um, So he's going to have to battle. Uh, To your point, there's not a lot of roster spots available. Uh, but if the Packers didn't think he had an opportunity to make the team, they wouldn't have called him and plucked him away from Canada, right? So he's going to have a real fair shot here to to battle his way onto the roster. Um, previous NFL experience, he had a, a little bit of time with the New York Giants as an undrafted free agent, but was uh, didn't make final cuts, and that would led him to Canada. So. Um, he's got some experience. I'm glad over the last couple seasons he's been able to play football uh, up there in Canada and, and put up some good numbers. So now here's his real chance, I think, to, to make an NFL roster. And Wags, like any of these guys that we're talking about going forward, uh, they're going to have to also show up on special teams, I think, to, to really make an impact and make the roster. So, folks, as you're watching this season, uh, preseason kind of unfold, if you start seeing one of these guys – Uh, showing up on number one special teams units, that is a huge indicator that the team is looking at them. Last season, Shandon Sullivan was on the bubble, and uh, we started to see him make plays on uh, on the field on the defensive side of the ball, and then lo and behold, he started showing up on uh, number one special teams in the preseason, and we kind of knew he might have an opportunity to make it through final cuts. So uh, pay attention to that as well as we progress through August. Yeah, absolutely. I'm pulling for him too. Um, and uh, again, sometimes these uh, guys that are under the radar, uh, boy, they can, uh, that passion for the game of football can, can go a long way. Now, talent yep. uh, definitely uh, comes through in the end, but uh, if you don't really, really, really uh, love what you're doing out there, uh, sometimes that can make a difference too. So I don't think anyone's going to uh, be outworking Deshaun Amos and in his effort to make the roster. Um, so the other yeah. guy that's actually a true Canadian <laughs> uh, that I wanted to talk about is uh, Mark Antoine Decoy. Uh, now, this is a kid that's probably the longest shot of anyone in this group uh, to, yeah. to make the roster. To be to be perfectly honest with you, um, he played in in Montreal um, and uh, he's a little bit older. He's twenty five, but um, just some 
raw athletic ability. Uh, he's uh, big, he's 6'3", uh, and he's just got a ton of speed. So, you know, why not? He's a guy that uh, played a little ball up there in, in Montreal and um, uh, just has some, some really, really raw um, you know, uh, athletic skills. Uh, so uh, this would be a, a true flyer, uh, as I said. Uh, but, um, you know, you never know what can happen with some of these guys. So um, you can't teach speed, right? Uh, so That's it'll right. be, this is a guy that, uh, you know, I, I, it could go one of two ways too, because I think the off-field uh, part of this can be really, really big as well. Um, someone that's, you know, uh, for, uh, I'm assuming a French-speaking Canadian uh, going to Green Bay, Wisconsin, that can be quite a culture <laughs> shock as well, uh, in addition uh, to trying to compete uh, to make an NFL uh, team and, and playing, let's just say, big boy football for the first time. Uh, that's going to be a pretty big adjustment uh, for him. And, and obviously, I don't know him personally at all. So I'm not saying he's not up to the challenge, uh, but that's just a reality of what we're looking at here. So, uh, Dane, what, can you, what else can you tell us about uh, Decoy? I don't know much about the guy. <laughs> I've never watched him play football. Uh, I saw a little bit of uh, YouTube on him. Uh, Wags, I know he's fast. Uh, you, you mentioned he's fast. He ran under 4-4. He's listed as a 4-3-6-40 guy at 6-3. That's like freakish athletic ability. Uh, and I know that he was a video game studies major. So I would definitely like him off the field if he wanted to ever play Madden with us. But that's all I got on this kid, Wags. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Well, let's move on. We've got uh, a couple more guys uh, to talk yeah. about real quickly. And uh, both uh, undrafted free agents uh, after the draft this year uh, in Stanford Samuels and Will Sunderland. And, um, you know, I, I, I actually like some of the intangibles that both of these guys potentially bring. Uh, so mm-hmm. I'm going to start about, uh, with Will Sunderland. Um, played at Troy, uh, started off in Oklahoma, uh, ended up uh, transferring. He was a, a four-star recruit out of high school, um, 6'4". Uh, so just a, a long, rangy kid. Um, he started off as a safety and moved to cornerback um, prior to his junior year. Um, so he played um, the spear position, I guess, at Troy uh, season before that. So he's got some of that positional versatility. Uh, and uh, clearly with that amount of size and, and some of the uh, athletic ability that he brings. Um, I think he might be someone to keep an eye on, Dane. Um, uh, you know, he, he's someone that, uh, you know, was able to um, make an impact and, and really come back because he had a little bit of trouble early in his career at Oklahoma. Uh, but the fact that he was able to uh, turn things around to the point uh, that he is going to be competing uh, here on an NFL roster, I think says a lot. Uh, so I'm excited to see what Will Sunderland can bring uh, when we get into camp. Yeah, um, he he definitely isn't afraid to hit people. Um, fair number of tackles in his uh, collegiate career, um, which which I really liked. Uh, you know, compiled a you know ton of pass breakups. And in 2019, he was a first-team all-sunbelt honoree. So he definitely became a little bit more decorated. Uh, I think that he slipped on people's boards 
for a couple of reasons, one of which is his um, athletic numbers weren't exactly where he would want them to be, I think, uh, in, from a measurable standpoint. Running about a 4 5 40. Um, I'm going to be curious to see how he transitions Wags from safety to cornerback. I, I tend to feel like it's the other way around more often than not, corner to safety. Um, so I'm curious to see what the Packers see in him to be uh, a corner in, in their defense. Although, as we know, the corners can move around all over the field in this Packer defense. So I think it is a little bit interchangeable. Uh, but a guy who, um, as you said, Four-star recruit, definitely had some skills coming out of uh, coming out of high school. Uh, showed up at Troy, played some pretty good football. Uh, now, can he transition that skill set to the NFL level? That's the big question mark. And you know, like all these guys, this is his opportunity to show what he can do now on the big NFL stage under the big bright lights. Yeah, and I mean, he had some big moments uh, in his career at Troy. Uh, they in the uh, he had a game clinching interception against Nebraska. Um, so I mean, he's not afraid of of the big moment, yep. uh, and and certainly I think uh, is someone that uh, is going to try to seize that moment uh, with with this opportunity that he has with the Packers. Uh, so the other guy then is Stanford Samuels. Uh, similarly, uh, I, unfortunately for him, slipped quite a bit because he ran a slow 40 time. So he had a four, six, five, 40, which I'm sure all of these guys probably have some reason, you know, maybe they had some nagging injury, whatever, but be it as it may, um, he was someone that actually was expected to be a late round pick uh, before that happened um, for, out of Florida state and uh, slipped all the way to undrafted. Um, some folks yeah. actually projected him as, as one of, if not the best, um, undrafted free agent uh, signings on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, so the Packers were able to work out a deal and bring him in. So it'll be really interesting to see uh, what he can bring. I mean, he's, again, very long. He's 6'2", uh, but very, very long wingspan. Um, you know, he's got good ball skills, um, and he's very physical uh, at the line of scrimmage. Uh, so he's one of those guys that um, is going to – project to be someone that would line right up over the top of a receiver um, and, and play these guys out the line. Um, and so he's going to be given some opportunity, I think, in preseason to see what he can do uh, in some of these preseason games. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see as, if he's able to take advantage of those opportunities as well. I am really excited about this signing. I kind of pumped my fist when the Packers were able to bring him in, Wags. Um, I just – I like his game. I had a chance to watch him a little bit in college. Uh, played definite big boy football at Florida State. Uh, you know, premier football program at times. Playing against major talent, no doubt about that. And uh, over his career there, I mean, you know, he had 24 starts. He actually left uh, to go to the pros early, uh, which looks, um, you know, fortunate for the Packers. We were able to land him. Uh, but he had 24 breakups, you know, eight interceptions in his career there, started a bunch of games, and, uh, you know, just played a lot of ball. But his 40-yard dash time is what really was the uh, the kiss of death, I think, to his draft prospects. Uh, my understanding is that um, they saw a very minor heart issue with him, so he had to take a, a stress test or a non-stress test um, the day prior, and I think that they may have uh, – um, caused a little bit of a slowdown in his 40-yard dash time. At least that's what I've read about with him. 
So I think he might actually be one of those guys that plays a little bit faster than whatever this measurables are. And he's going to come to camp hungry. I mean, he's going to be fighting for his professional and his football life here. And uh, he's a guy who uh, isn't afraid to punch you in the mouth. And I love those guys. So uh, eager to see what he can do as well. But um, he's going to come prepared, Wags. And he's got a little bit of that swagger that I know you and I both really like. So when he gets on the field, he's not going to take any crap from anybody. And I really like that in a cornerback. Yeah. And the Packers have shown – uh, the past few seasons that it doesn't matter where you get drafted, especially in this cornerback room. I mean, we've got a history of guys coming in uh, as either yeah. undrafted or low draft uh, selections that are able to make a living uh, playing this position. So um, they're going to put the best guys out there. And if he proves that he can be someone uh, that can uh, be worthy of being on that 53 man roster, they're not going to hesitate to uh, pull the trigger and, and get him in there. Uh, so, Dane, I, that actually wraps up the guys that we currently have on the active roster. We've danced around and talked and touched on Tremont Williams several times now. Uh, so I'm just going to pose the question right to you. What do you think? Is Tremont Williams someone that the Packers are going to keep on speed dial and bring in late in the process uh, into camp? Or do you think they're going to just stand pat and uh, give uh, these guys that we have a chance to – uh, compete and and uh, and move forward with who we have. Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, I don't know if I have the answer, but I will say that um, right now um, the Packers have kind of this interesting opportunity, right, where they're going to be able to um, go into camp and Tremont unfortunately for him, hasn't been able to really go around and meet with other teams face-to-face. And, you know, when you're 36 years old at that position, I'm sure teams are going to want to meet that guy face-to-face. So right now he is not signed. And uh, I got to think the Packers will see what they, what they do and don't like out of this cornerback group. The fact that there's 10 guys right now on the roster and not nine or eight, uh, is pretty telling. It means that I think they're prepared to go forward with what they have currently. Um, however, if somebody like a Mark Antoine DeCroix doesn't show, um, you know, or maybe they think that the learning curve is maybe just too much for him, that might be an easy move right away and maybe bringing back Tremont on a low year deal. However, what I will say is I don't know what Tremont's looking for financially either. Uh, The Packers don't have an awful lot of wiggle room there. Um, But this could also be a scenario where Tremont's an older veteran. Maybe he wants to take a few extra weeks off of camp and then slide in a little bit later in the process. Uh, Because while I do have a lot of confidence in the guys that are currently in the room, you can also never have enough depth at the cornerback position in the NFL. Yeah, I think that's a key point. I actually don't think they're going to be real concerned about guys 7 through 10. If one of them can't, cut it they'll just cut the guy uh, yeah. they'll stick with who they have I'm, i i think it would be more likely if it's josh jackson isn't st- able to step up or they get a couple of key injuries uh, to one of those top guys where all of a sudden ugh, that depth looks pretty thin and uh, we would really need someone that's going to be ready to step out onto the field uh, i think the biggest thing is hopefully this for the packers sake this holds true Tremont's just a a phone call away. I think they've got him on speed dial. He's not going to take long to get ready. Uh, As you said, as a veteran, you know, he doesn't need 
that really had all that many reps in camp. In fact, he'd probably be better off coming in later, uh, stay fresh, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Uh, so, and, and they may have already had some of those communications. Who knows? Uh, you know, just stay fresh. We want you. Um, we'll kind of see how this pans out. Um, not making any guarantees. Uh, so I, I think it's more likely it's going to have to be an injury or you know, a Josh Jackson or a Kadar Holman, uh, someone that you would like to think is competing for that, you know, third, fourth or fifth spot um, on the defense uh, isn't quite ready or just isn't playing up to par. uh, And none of the guys behind him that are really more just competing for that last spot are ready either. Now you've got someone uh, like Tremont that can come in and clearly still play. So, um, but at the same time, I don't really see any reason. I love Tremont. We always say this. We love Tremont. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I, I, it's tough. You know, if, if, it'd be easy to say that he's worthy of a spot on this roster. But then you're not able to keep someone that you might have an opportunity to develop or, or could uh, contribute or make an impact in the next two, three, four seasons. So that's sort of the, you know, the cost of doing business and, and kind of how they have to weigh this out is, is one, maybe one more year of Termon worth um, letting one of these other guys go that may have a future uh, at this position and with the team. So uh, it's not as always as cut and dry as, you know, Tremont is the best guy for this season because in a perfect world, uh, someone like what Kadar Holman got last season, as you said earlier, that red shirt season is, is great because now you've got a guy that can continue to develop, but you're not forced to put him out there before maybe he's ready for a a, a full uh, expansive role. Yep. No doubt about it. Uh, No doubt about it at all. But um, Tremont's a, consummate professional so um yeah i mean he'll be ready to go if if he's not signed by somebody else and i at this stage in his career wags i just don't really see a scenario where he decides to play one more season with now another new team um i i just i i think i mean he doesn't have a lot else to prove he's played for a very long time he's done it all he's going to be a packer hall of famer at some point he's got a super bowl ring um so you know we're in a very fortunate position i think right now with where we're at and uh i mean what a difference a couple years make a few years ago i was going who the heck's playing cornerback for the packers and now here we are with really an embarrassment of riches with a lot of young talent there's a youth movement but a talented youth movement in green bay yeah and even though it's a youth movement a a decent amount of experience too uh, especially for those top guys it's not like it's question marks or, Oh, these are talented guys. Uh, you know, we didn't just draft, uh, you know, a first round pick that's going to be expected to start next season. No, we've got guys that have played out there for a few seasons now uh, and we know yep. they can play the position. So um, there's, there's really no question marks there on my mind at all. So I, I am uh, really confident and excited to see what this group is able to do uh, this season. Uh, as long as, as always, we're able to stay healthy because that's always the biggest key. Uh, I think Dozer's excited too. I don't know if we can all hear him uh, weighing in. <laughs> but uh, uh, cornerback is his favorite position on the team. (laughs) Anyway, um, so Dane, uh, I'll leave it up to you. Any closing thoughts uh, on this uh, positional group? 
No, I'm just, uh, we're going to be breaking down all these different positions over the next few weeks. Uh, we just did corner today. That means we still have safety to do and everything else across the board. Uh, as always, if you have questions or if you have comments, please feel free to, to um, you know, chime in with us. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, on Twitter. Uh, we're getting back into the season form. We're ramping up. We're going to be posting all sorts of stuff again. Wags and I love doing it. So please find us on uh, Instagram, Lombardi's Legends, and across the board. Yeah, and we have uh, started a little uh, Sunday night conversation. It's usually about 10 minutes or so on Instagram Live. Uh, so stay tuned for that because uh, we didn't do it last Sunday, but uh, pretty much our, our goal is to to get on every Sunday and just kind of chat about a real quick kind of a, a quick chat on, on what's happening currently uh, with the Packers. It's a, it's not a, a podcast, but it's just a, another channel to check us out and, and more importantly, engage with us. So uh, if you're on Instagram, uh, stay tuned for those Sunday night conversations. Come on with us. Uh, send us your questions uh, while we're on or ahead of time, and we're happy to, to chat uh, Packers and, and just uh, uh, say hello. So um, we're, we're looking forward to, to seeing you guys out there on that as well. Um, so thanks uh, again so much, folks. It's, it's been a month uh, since we joined. Dane's been a, a busy new dad, uh, so we want to take a little break. And quite honestly, not a lot going on uh, from a Packers standpoint. Uh, so this was a good time uh, as we're about a month and a half away from potentially we'll see uh, camp starting up uh, to, to get these uh, positional previews started up. So I'm really excited uh, to get, uh, as we get a week closer every time we talk, uh, as we talk through these position groups uh, to, to get ramped up for the season. So thanks again so much for joining us. And as always, say it with us, Go Pack Go! Go Pack Go!